Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, well, I'd really have Pastor be here, but you're, you know, appreciate you hanging out with me this morning. <laughs> uh, I just threw something together this morning, so. Uh, but it's it's something that the Lord is just I don't know. Everywhere I look, I listen to other preaching online too. Probably some of you do as well, and uh, as well as pastors preaching and. Seems like everywhere lately, uh, the Lord is hammering me on a certain topic, and uh, uh, so like last time I preached a couple weeks ago for Pastor in the morning, that maybe some of this might be some similar. I know it is some of it similar, but yeah, another more other verses to look at uh, to get more insight and perspective, and in uh, it's it's. Uh, Something um, it's important, and uh, so uh, before we start, let's see, maybe Brother uh, Tom, could you pray for us and ask the Lord's blessing on today's meeting here? Father, thank you for letting us come together this morning. Sometimes I wonder how much time we got left. And so we're looking around our country and I know we all revival. It's, I'm wondering if we just need to focus on what remains and what's dying. I know we just sound dismal, Lord, but I mean, you know, it's, it's dark, but you're a light. So thank you for the hope and peace that you give us and that we can come together. So if we are in these last times, that we can focus on the purity of your word, the doctrine of your word, which is slipping. It calls to be light. So and I've asked you before to forgive me for a fear that we're not going to win. But that's a worldly way. You just told us to stand up for what's right. And when that time comes, all we can do is stand for you and Lord give us the strength and boldness for that. You know, thank you for Thank you for being who you are in character. You know, to help guide us. You know, and I ask that you just open our hearts and our minds this morning and bless us faster and share your word and never receive it. We know that you live in us and we live in a way that glorifies you. So we know shines, we make nobody else stumble. It's times are dark and we need light. So we work on our own character, reevaluate ourselves. And that we walk holy, that we can walk holy, because you took away our shame. Mm -hmm. The Lord, you're so precious that I know I'm not the only one I can't wait to see your face, face to face. So, Father, in Jesus' name, bless this house today and the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tom. <clears throat> All right. Uh, if you could take your Bibles and turn to Colossians 3.1, please. Colossians 3, 1. You know, when we get saved, God just doesn't take all our, all our problems away and it's like all suddenly we're just perfect. <laughs> now, legally, yes, we're, we're made perfect through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
and we're saved, we're complete in Him, and we are bound for heaven at that very moment. Uh, but between the point of getting saved, at that point when we're saved, and that point where we head on to glory and to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus, there's a whole, well, it's that amount of time is different for all of us. We, don't, we, don't know, we do not know when that uh, end, other end point and beginning point to meet the Lord Jesus face to face. We do not know when that's going to happen. Uh, but all that space in between there is a world of possibilities, good and bad, uh, for Jesus or for the devil, um, uh, for, the, for the spirit or for the flesh. Uh, and, and, and we're going to look here in, in Colossians how it's pointed out some things we need to do uh, and concentrate, focus on. Uh, to be where we need to be or be where we ought to be. So let's begin reading here in Colossians 3, 1. If, then, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Okay, here we go. We're, first verse we're looking at right here is like, if then... Uh, if ye then be risen with Christ. So that, we're talking about being saved. If you, if you are born again and you're following Christ and, you are, and he is in you, we need to be seeking those things which are above uh, where, where Christ is at. And uh, we need to keep that focus on him and, and where he's at. Uh, verse 2 Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye, are, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And verse 5, here's our part right here. Mortify, therefore... Your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye are also put but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Sacothian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So uh, we're here, we're told to put off the old man and put on the new man. This is something 
and we have to do, um, focus on, try to do with God's help. Uh, I mean, it's just, the, just the very fact that in verse 8, God is telling his people to put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, and on, the list goes on, uh, indicates that all these things just don't go instantly away from you once you're saved. I mean, yeah, we see when a heart gets born again, we see, we see real transformation. I mean, it's when you see yourself as a sinner finally and, and repent and get saved, you, you're, you're a grateful heart. You're, but after that, you're, you still have these, poten- these terrible potentials uh, to fall into a lot of bad things like anger, wrath, malice, and so forth. Um, and uh, I think we'll... Uh, Well, let's pick up reading and uh, Colossians 3.12. Colossians 3.12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, even sorry, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. That's an important point to remember. We have to keep in mind what God has forgiven us. So we have the patience that we need to have with others. Verse 14, And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So here again, we're told to put on all these things now, I realize in, in and of ourselves, we don't have much power uh, to put on all these good things. Um, I mean, Brother Jim, when you get up this morning, were you able to dress yourself? No. Your wife out. <laughs> I think he's joking. That'll be the day when, when Brother Jim needs to be helped getting dressed. He, he's, uh, I'm pretty sure he's hoping to go to heaven before that even happens. But we all get up in the morning, right? We, get, we have a choice to what we put on usually, or, well, Brother Tim, did your wife pick out your clothes or? Just a tie. Just a tie, okay. So sometimes we, uh, we uh, go to our wives for help. You know, some of us don't have wives to ask. Um, but, you know, most of the time, would you say we don't, when we get up, we have a choice what to put on? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and the activities that we are planning on doing that day, like when Luke gets ready for work, he puts on a uniform. And he puts on maybe some, I don't know, stethoscope, I don't know what you put on. No, <laughs> he grabbed it when he needed it. But it, certainly he puts a, a badge on that says who he is and what, what he's trained to do to represent his, his abilities to help other people. And uh, so, and then Brother Jim, when he used to get up and go to work, he probably wore something, you know, looked like a truck driver or whatever, you know, cowboy boots and stuff like that. 
cowboy hat. <clears throat> and uh, Brother Randy, he gets the word. You wear, you have to wear steel-toed shoes? No. Oh, no. No. You just drive something around now, don't you? Yeah. Anyway, we all have to get, depending on what we're planning on doing that day, we have to dress appropriately, right? <clears throat> so I, I think that can carry over to our spiritual life as well. Uh, when we you know, say, okay, w- Lord, what do you want me to do today? Well, Lord, is there anything in my heart, Lord, that uh, needs to be taken care of? So get that settled first, and then, what do you want me to do today, Lord? What do I need to prepare for? Well, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to have that fresh in my memory, right? I'm going to meditate on His Word so that when I run into somebody, I hopefully what's stored up in my heart then flows out. So when we get up in the morning and get spiritually dressed, we're, we're getting dressed for a purpose, an activity. So, you know, who do you want me to talk to today, Lord? Or who, need me, who do you need me to help today, Lord? Or who do I need to pray for today? So we're, we're in a spiritual sense, we're getting dressed. We're putting on these, these things that are going to prepare us for the day for whatever the Lord t- tasks us with that day. Um, just like we're getting ready to go to work. <clears throat> and so um, we're going to look at a few examples here in Scripture of um, oh, people that maybe didn't take a good spiritual audit of where they're at. Um, or maybe they're letting things slide. It's amazing. It's amazing how easy we can slide into either bad old habits, whatever. I'm thankful Brother Tim doesn't slide into, you know, you can think of some bad habits you had before you got saved. So praise God that he's helped you stay away from those. And, and you just, when uh, it's, it's the contrast is so great, you know, when, when you're a, when you grow up, as an adult, an unsafe person, and you get saved as an adult, and all the things that, that can possibly need to be changed, you know. Uh, and I, I, I love to hear testimonies like Brother Tim, um, his life, what, what, what his life was like before Christ, and what it is now, you know, after Christ. And <clears throat> I love to hear those transforming stories. Uh, but yet, yeah, that does not uh, belittle, or we don't need to neglect, though, the transforming power, even, even as our children grow up and get saved. And uh, hopefully, we, they have guarded their hearts and, and, and are been protected and haven't run into the extent of the sins of this world in a, in a greater degree uh, of, of people that have lived a lot of years before they got saved. But you can think of people that got saved that were, that did grow up in church, oh, that, that, or, or maybe they didn't, but they were just, they were just, uh, let's say, earning their own way to heaven. You know, they just, they, they wanted to be kind. They wanted to do good. They wanted to give. They wanted to do this and that. And they were all, they were, unfortunately, they are putting all their confidence in their own works and not in Jesus' works for them. And uh, uh, so their heart transformation uh, to the world might not be as contrasty, 
but in their own hearts, once they realize the, the dead works of self-righteousness, that's a big contrast to them, you know, because they were counting on their own works to get to heaven. Then suddenly when they realize that's not happening, and it's only by the Lord Jesus Christ, it's, it's that transformation too. But anyway, getting going down a little rabbit trail, though, my, 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 my point today, though, is back in Colossians 3, 5, mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. We've got to take captive, you know, every thought that we have and not let our minds go or hearts go or ears go or feet go or eyes go to, to, to the wrong places. And, and, uh, and we, it, you don't have to look far in the Bible. The Bible is full of examples of, of people that happening to some people, and we'll, we'll mention a few shortly. Um, and uh, you know, salvation is so sure, so perfect, so complete, so eternal. Um, but still, we can mess up so bad. We can sin in these bodies, and we so we need to more constantly be mortifying, putting to death the sinful part of our flesh that desires all the wrong things. And it's, it just, it's something we need to purpose to do and, and stay focused on. Uh, if we just turn to uh, Romans 6.1 for a moment. Uh, we're thankful. Romans 6, 1. We're so thankful for the grace of God and the, the, the everlasting forgiveness. I mean, once we're born, when we're born again, our sins are forgiven. Past, present, future. We're, we're, we're locked in for heaven. But we, have, we still have this potential, this choice to live for the flesh or live for the spirit. Romans 6, 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin, live any longer therein. Know ye not that, that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We want to walk in newness of life. We... And we need to take that spiritual audit of ourselves and question our, our own selves. Where are we at? How are we doing in this walk? What, what is the, the current state of my spirit? What is the current state of my mind? What am I focused on? What am I doing? What, what's important to me? What, what do I spend my time at? You know, what, what am I doing all day long? You know, am I... Am I just, you know, doing the things I have to do? Or am, 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 I, am I doing things that lead me closer to God? Or am I doing things that are leading me away from God? Am I doing things that remind me of God? Or am I doing things that make, make me want to forget God? The, 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 the potential for either direction for a, a born-again believer is both directions, quite, quite far, opposite directions. Uh, so we need to continually mortify, therefore, your members, as it says in three, Colossians 3, 5. Um, now, let's look at some examples, like from the Bible, um, reminders, maybe people, some people that 
were mentioned in specific. Some people were mentioned in a general way. If you turn to James 5, James chapter 5. And starting in 19, James 5, 19, we'll read 19 and 20. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth a sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and hide a multitude of sins. So, this is saying it's possible that we err from the truth and we need to be having our ways changed. Uh, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. Now, this is, this is talking to the church here. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife, are ye, are ye, and ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that ye that hath done this deed might be taken away from you. And then skip down to... Verse 11, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or adulterer or railer or drunkard or extortioner, which such and one know not to eat. Uh, so the Corinthians church there, they, they had some people in there. They were doing wrong things and bad things. And they wanted... God was telling them to, you need to correct this individual. You need to, for their for their own good, for their for their sake. <clears throat> um, so just here again, the the possibilities of of sin exist still in the in the believer. Um, turn to First Timothy five ten. <clears throat> First Timothy five ten. Now let's see here is talking about uh, the widows and uh, about when or when to when not to take them in under the care. Um, we read in five ten. Well, re, well reported of for good works if she hath brought up children if she hath lodged strangers. If she had washed the saints' feet, if she hath relieved the afflicted, if she hath diligently followed every good work. But the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they, may, they will marry, having damnation because they have cast off their first faith. Now, I don't think that's saying that they're not saved there, but I think it's saying they're they're, the potential of them to get sidetracked on the wrong things uh, is a possibility. And 
they need to mortify those those the the deeds of the body. Uh, verse thirteen, and with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle but tattlers also and busybodies, speaking the things which they ought not. I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully, for some are already turned aside after Satan. Isn't that a scary thought, that a believer could, could be turned aside unto Satan, unto to doing his evil deeds? Uh, I mean, I know I can't say we can't be possessed by Satan, but we certainly can be living a fleshly life and doing, you know, doing Satan's bidding. Uh, so we got we we need to be careful uh, not to let that happen. We need to mortify our members. Um, uh, how about Second Timothy one fifteen? Uh, 2 Timothy 1.15, it's talking about a man here that turned away. 2 Timothy 1.15, this thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are uh, Philgelus and Hermogenes. For Demas have forsake, oh sorry, that's skipping another verse. Um, so these two guys here mentioned uh, they turn away. Well, how we not turn away? I mean, what would that take? Would that take a bad situation or bad circumstance? Turn us away? Uh, yeah, I hope not. So how about 2 Timothy 4.10? 2 Timothy 4.10, another guy mentioned. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Sristines <clears throat> uh, to Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. So Demas, what happened to you? Forsaken Paul. What happened? This kind of stuff doesn't happen overnight, I don't think. It can creep in little by little. Well, think about King Saul. Uh, he had pretty humble beginnings. I mean, he was hiding amongst the stuff when they come looking for the king, right? He's a little... You know, he's small in his own sight, which is what we need to be. But, and then he got off to a good start. He was doing the will of God, conquering, having victories. And then he started, pride, I think, crept into his heart, right? And fear, whatever. Doesn't necessarily have to happen overnight. This, this, it can creep up on us. Uh, Samson. Well, there's an example. But pretty obvious in his life. 
Was he living for the flesh or living for God? I mean, he was doing God's will. And he had a great power. But he had some issues, didn't he? Can, what can happen to us? How, how, are, how are we dealing with the issues in our life, how, the, the flesh? Uh, how about King Solomon? Great start. Wow. Praying to God, asking for wisdom and to lead this great people of God. And God granted that and riches and honor and glory and all this stuff. And what happened to him? Tons and tons of wives that led his heart astray. Hey, what's in our lives that can lead our hearts astray? How are we guarding our hearts? Uh, and then I, and a couple weeks ago, I, I mentioned Lot. Uh, if you turn to Second Peter two six, Second Peter two six, <clears throat> and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just. Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked and the right, and that righteous man, it's kind of hard to tell it was a righteous man, but for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. So Lot, he was Abraham's nephew, right? And uh, they, they had a lot in common, didn't they? I mean, uh, if, if you look at uh, Genesis 11.31, quickly, Genesis 11.31, and Terah, took Abraham his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, and his son Abraham's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came into Haran and dwelt there. So Abraham, Lot, they came from the same country originally. They're relatives. They have a lot in common. But boy, were they different. Would you say Abraham walked by faith? And could you say Lot walked by sight? Um, those two were Different. Um, when they, when they, uh, when the the cattle of cattlemen of Lot's and Abraham's were arguing, and they decided to split ways. What did Lot do? He lifted up his eyes and chose him, <laughs> pointing out his living by sight and his greediness, selfishness, thinking about himself. I want to go over there. It's easy. Uh, so, but Abraham, on the contrasting side, was generous. Oh, you just pick your way, I'll go the other way. 
pretty generous. Thank the Lord for generous people. The Bible also talks about Abraham being the friend of God. I hope we're the friends of God. And he's looking for a silly city that had foundations, godly foundations built by God. What was Lot looking for? Hmm, something easy, green, rich, and willing to put up with a lot of filthy conversation and bad sights. He was not living by faith. He was living by sight. What about Lot's descendants? Are they something to be uh, happy about? (laughs) No. (laughs) They got a bad start, too, by the... How his family carried her on by his daughters. And it's just not a, not a pretty picture. But God says about Abram's family that all the nations of the world will be blessed. What a contrast between Abraham and Lot. And so I, I'm... I'm thankful for these examples in, these, in the Bible. We, we, we need to be more like Abraham, less like Lot. Uh, and, and Lot's story is just a good one for me. I know it's like, I don't want to be like Lot. Okay, I see that. Oh, I don't want to be like Lot. Let's be more like Abraham. And we constantly have to be mortifying, putting down that flesh, walking in the Spirit, Living by faith, not by sight, and and God can use us that way. And and let's just let's just frustrate Satan when he tries to get us to go down the wrong road, shall we? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for <clears throat> oh boy, all the information in there, all the real life stories, all the real life circumstances, all the. <clears throat> uh, Oh, like I said before, I'm so glad my name's not recorded in the Bible because it you know, could, could be related to bad things. Uh, I, these poor people made wrong choices and lived, lived to the flesh and not to the spirit. Are recorded and for all time, all eternity, even though they might be saved, they still got this thing recorded in your word and just for our learning. For our warning, and I'm thankful for that, but I feel bad for them that you know their mistakes are recorded. You know how many, how many of our our mistakes are are broadcasted every day. You know, thankfully, they're not. And uh, thank I'm just so thankful for your forgiveness and your cleansing power, Lord. I pray you just continue to bless each each one that desires what's right, desires to agree with the Creator the one that has the law book, the one that has the guidelines, the one that, that deserves our everything. And we're just so grateful that you are so forever, eternally loving us, uh, us sinners saved by grace. We're, I'm just, I'm, I'm constantly in awe of your goodness, Lord, of your forgiveness. And it's so contrad- counter-addictive or uh, the opposite to Satan. And he's, he wants to hurt his servants. He wants to bring misery upon them. And we're, 
you want to bring good things. And I mean, when I think about while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We, you do so much good. You know, we love God because we love you because you first loved us. And just what an example, or help us to be better examples that, that we would be remembered for uh, the Lord Jesus working out through us uh, when we're gone. Thank you, Lord. I just pray uh, you just encourage each heart here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.